referee is looking around and acting as Mickey. Tell the children to play tennis or something. If they want to play tennis, go and play tennis. What is the story? Welcome to a special three-man weave after an absolutely cracker of an All-Ireland final. I was at it, the two boys here were watching it, Mick and Mark are with me as usual. The three-man weave lives on, lads. People have what they want. More podcasts, more gated football. The GA calendar is finally longer-ish for another two weeks. <laughs> we're going to get to talk about gated football. Day. Yeah, the GA really, uh, their whole uh, moving the gated football final into August hasn't worked out. This will be the third final in two years, <laughs> none of which have been played in August. <laughs> Before we get into the game, right? Like, I think you think there's it's worth taking a moment to appreciate just how much crack that was. Like, I was I, saying this to uh, the lads earlier on. I was like, this is their game. Somebody I was listening to you talk on Friday. We were like, you look back at the Dublin Kerry game from a few years ago, and it wasn't actually that good of a game. It was like a, a crazy end to it. Yeah, but yeah. there were mistakes, or whatever. It wasn't that. Whereas this had something at every juncture. Nearly the only time that I really lulled was in the 50 I, I said in the office I said chalk like Dublin just kept the ball for two minutes so that they score a point so I said chalk it down that's the 53rd minute that's when this was game over Kerry looked goose yeah. like they were just uh, running around after us and a minute later Kerry had the ball in the net and <laughs> it was game back on <laughs> so there was a bit of five ten minute lull there and that was it like first half was dead on the rest of the game after that was it last been between four and two nearly the whole time uh, up until that and then that that they, Dublin got it to five, I think, didn't they? Or maybe it was still four. And then just suddenly that goal comes and it's just like, here we go. We have a game. Remember after the All-Ireland semi-finals, which were also serious crack, I had my 10 favourite moments yeah. after the, the game. So coming up, well, I was walking up by the canal there after this coming the up The final, sorry. This was not sorry, the final. After the Hurling semi-finals, yeah. The, the hur- well, well, yeah. The Hurling semi-finals were a lot much more crack. Um, similar crack to what we had today. I did, I think, top 10 favourite moments, just quickly off the top of my head, just kind of dwell in the in, in the moment, I suppose. And I did the same thing walking up to Calder, and I'm going to rattle through this, and I want you to pull, you can pull up afterwards any of the ones that jump to mind or make additions. But for me, anyway, this is... We can't interrupt. From the perspective of being in the stadium today, being at the game, and and it's funny, right? Like, I remember I was at the Ireland hurling final as well, and the difference between moments that you see live and see in television is incredible. Like I, that Maher, that Maher catch to, in the lead up to the goal. When I saw that live, he was seven foot off the ground. And when I saw it back, he was maybe two. But <laughs> same thing when I saw the Richie Hogan red card, he didn't even touch him. And then yeah. I saw it back, and he clipped him on his elbow. But anyway, this is from, from this is from my perspective. We're not get, we are not getting into that. <laughs> upper arm, we're upper not, arm, it definitely wasn't shoulder. We're not getting into that. We're not, this is my top ten moments, right? Crow Park, not even for a full game for a competitive game is absolutely class like I was at the Dublin Kerry game sorry the Donegal Kerry game as well which was also in Crow Park during the Super 8 and even though the crowd was pretty disappointing that day the sense in the stadium like the, I, I don't know if I can actually articulate how exciting it is when you've got a game like that which is actually like genuinely competitive and there's a real sense of occasion about it I, we got that for that Kerry have given us that twice this year actually we got that in Crow Park for the Donegal game and we got it again for the final the second thing is Spillane's goal when Spillane first came on the very first thing he did literally the very first thing he did was over carry the ball in the corner and get pulled for steps and there was a huge that seemed to give life the oxygen to the hill there was a huge roar and I was thinking Jesus like is he he overawed by this having to come on in such high pressure stakes and the way he responded after that the points was incredible but the goal I don't think that goal was necessarily on when 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 they first broke but he did, and I think it was exactly what they needed at the time, and he delivered it. Three, Kerry's 
attitude to Cluxon's kickout, particularly in the first half, I thought was just so creative and is everything that you want to see from a team that prepare for that position and actually have thought into it. If you think back to it, the first thing they did was they actually gave him up the, the short option, the the the, op, the the tempting one to the cornerback, the tapper to the cornerback. And we've talked about this at length, Mark, about why... There's this re- weird obsession with the retention rates for kickouts, but it's actually how many scores you get off that kickout because it's so hard to work a ball up the field, even if your cornerback is on the ball. And sure enough, Kerry should have had 1-1 off the two that he went to the cornerback. So firstly, the, the point, then there was the penalty, which obviously he missed. But both of them came from turnovers after Cluxon going to a cornerback and trying to attack from that. After that, then you had a scenario where Kerry pushed nearly everybody up to the extent where they left four Dublin forwards up and only two defenders with them pushed everybody up again, trying to overload. It was just... It showed a bit of adaptability, a bit of creativity. I think it was really kind of nice to see and the fact that they're also trying different things during the game. Like that, that's stuff that you want to see. You want to see some sort of intelligence and I think they demonstrated that. For, for number four, I've just written Dr. Jack um, because Jack McCaffrey, when he's playing like that, is just sensational. I think that's the, they're the days that you actually want to watch. They're, they're players that you actually want to watch. Like he's electrifying and the whole ground is buzzing. It, it, it's the, the cliche edge of your seat stuff when Jack McCaffrey gets going. He lost the yard after that cruciate ligament injury, didn't he? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> player at all. Twice as good. Uh, five is a weird one. Like five is, is a skill of the game, but it's a skill of the game that I really love to see and I thought it was demonstrated today. I wrote an article on site today about coaching, tackling and how there was an example where the players holding two tennis balls. So you're using your torso to make tackles and try and make full body tackles not slapping at the ball and uh, some of the tackling the best one I thought was actually Jack Sherwood's in the second half right in the centre held him up brilliantly uh, I think it was Fenton coming down the middle but it's it, like when you see did he uh, dispossess him or did he just stop him he just stopped him just it stopped was him. Kieran Kilkenny what? Yeah, okay, yeah, really yeah. Good, yeah. he just he didn't, like, he didn't dispossess him he just stopped like, yeah. held him up straight away stopped him dead and I think that, like, it's, a, it's a skill you know what I mean it's, actually, it's a real skill it's, like, this is a contact sport and when you see sometimes it gets annoying when you see players steam past them constantly like the fact that players actually have that ability six uh, makes personal favourite fielding and particularly David Moran's fielding he's just it's majestic mm. and it, it, it's a guy that I love watching him when he's when he's at that level I, he's one of the very few players that I would watch for hours like I love watching him at, at his best it was like because uh, he, he caught the ball at its highest point I think two or three times it's just an amazing thing to look at but it was far from him Brian Howard had two amazing catches Dean Rock had a fantastic catch from a kick out in the first half on the left um, yeah um, we, I think Jack Barry had one there was one where he fell on his back catching it was unreal that was Barry was it yeah yeah, yeah in the first half that was absolutely spectacular um, even when I just started listing them off to mark in the game he had another four ready to go you know it was an unbelievable display of it over the course of the game and it's funny because I don't know whether it's the it's the kick out mark or what or whether it's just something that people decided in lazy punditry five years ago or ten years ago that it's no longer it was not there yeah it always was you know I think I think the mark has been a really really good rule there I absolutely agree to extend it to you know, to, to go miles off point again, but like Conor Callahan caught it, you know, it ended up being a free, obviously, um, in for for a foul as the ball was coming down, but had an amazing catch in the second half that you think like, you know, should that, you know, it works out the same when he wins the free, but like, should that be something that he gets a chance to, you know, have a free Kick score, yeah. You know, yeah. The Tommy Walsh chance as well. Remember the ball in from, it wasn't really, I suppose not really a high catch, it was just more of that floated high ball in from, David Moore and the Tommy Walsh was unbelievable. I suppose I wonder, actually, even correcting myself here, if both of those chances ended up in scores, 
are we kind of negating the need for for a mark in the, the, yeah. in the first place yeah Seven, speaking of creativity, down to 14 men, Dub- like Dublin are the boogeyman and they will not die. They're down to 14 men, I was watching the it, they're, they're the, boog- the bogey, the boogeyman? Boogeyman. 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 The boogeyman. The boogeyman. And they don't die, is that it? Well, they, they, well, no, well, it's a phrase now, I've just, <laughs> <laughs> I've just created it. Poor Morris didn't think he was going to get this, <laughs> this <laughs> sentence cut boogeyman. to pieces. So I was sitting What's in your the, agenda? And I was sitting in the corner from the, uh, the Hughes uh, sorry from the Cusack and Davin where they connect that's where I was for this game and at one stage I, so that for the, obviously for the second half I'm looking down like why are where is the spare man like why is it does it look like Dublin have accounted for every Kerry player here and it was then I realised it was because Stephen Cluxon come out of his goal to mark Tommy Walsh he was standing beside Tommy Walsh to allow every other player push up one and still account like it's a in a way it's kind of a logical thing to do but you don't ever see other teams doing it that's what the, the, so much of Dublin what Dublin do is there's a lot of rationale to what they do but other teams don't do it and they do they have the, the bottle to go and go, this pull is, it off this is really funny because I was going to say there was, it was really weird for, first of all because of what happened today because this morning I had developed a theory on how Gaelic football teams could possibly use the extra man and then I was like this game today would have been, it's really apt time to talk about it but without even knowing what my theory was Dublin have already disproved it <laughs> so I was thinking that like uh, when you have an extra man teams generally like say what Kerry were doing with say Paul Murphy whoever was sitting back as the extra man then Sherwood in the defence as sweeper but the, the whole aim of Gaelic football these days when you're on the attack is to create an overlap yeah. everything is overlap unless you're kicking it in to someone in the full forward and hoping they're going to turn around and put the ball over the bar themselves Everything's having an, you know, uh, plus one, plus one. Whether it's in defence trying to get two on one or an attack that you're trying to run as far as the man is, got a band's about to tackle you and then hand pass it off. So if you have an extra man, that extra man really should just run with whoever's on the ball. So whoever's on the ball, if I'm cornerback and I, I, I'm passes the wing back, the extra man should be beside the wing back then who passes to the midfield or whatever. Save it was just went up one after the other. He just keeps moving on. So he's always the overlap and. It's impossible to defend against then because that's exactly what you're trying to create. You go, what do we do here? Yeah. You push Stephen Cluxton onto Tommy Walsh. There one, is no one, plus one. one. Exactly. And if they're going to do that short hand-passing game, there is no overlap. <laughs> so like, they've completely fixed that issue that didn't even exist. In the but it's, it's like, I don't want to say it's basic, but it just, it makes sense. And sure, people would say, oh, well, I mean, it's not the most sophisticated thing in the world. If it's not the most sophisticated thing, why is anybody else doing it? Like, why is it always Dublin who come up with this stuff that seems logical, but everyone else will take the lead afterwards? To be fair, Castle Rahan were doing that in the Ulster Championship last year. <laughs> <laughs> eight, eight. Oh. Dean Rock. D- Dean, Dean, uh, I'm going to give you some praise here, Mick, because we talked about how Dublin were going to shack- or Kerry would try and shackle Conor Callaghan and Paul Mannion, and it was Mick who said that don't sleep on Dean Rock being the player who will stand up in in their absence. I thought Conor was kept quiet, relatively quiet. Uh, Mannion had flashes, but he wasn't this like shooting machine that he has been. But Rock's not just in terms of freeze, but the the score at the very end. I know he missed the the free at the end, but it was an early and impossible angle. But again, it's going back to the idea that like they've got so many puppets that just pop up that it's so hard to fully sh- kind of shackle the team and I think I think sometimes people might slightly sleep on a, a free taker in terms of what they do outside of that and Dean Rock probably falls into that bracket but I thought he was incredible today yeah absolutely brilliant like he, he seemed to always kind of like I mentioned even that that catch he did a lot of things that we don't ever think about Dean Rock doing over the course of a game and I suppose that's because sometimes when you are the free taker people don't realise that you're also 
one of the better forwards in the country as well. Nine is just that, like, aren't GA cliches gas? Like, it, it, I found it hilarious. The amount of times I heard leaving the ground, oh, that's the result the GA wanted anyway. That was the, should, 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 should I fix it for that? That's you what that's. spoiled my 30 second moan. Oh. <laughs> that was going to be my moan. <laughs> like, can you piss off talking about GA loving a replay? Because I think money. it's just, I think it's, you, you take that kind of stuff with a pinch of salt. <sighs> and it's need also a the mountain second assault. replay of the entire season in both sports. So they're not doing a very good job. If that is what they want, yeah. It's impossible to even have a replay <laughs> What are they doing? They don't know how to make money. <laughs> and 10, 10, for 10 I've just written down Gaelic football. Like, I don't care if you're on the side that thinks the game is in total decline or if you're on the side that thinks the game is totally fine. Like, that, that's irrelevant to me. I think we can all find common ground. There is a analogy that when Gaelic football is played like this, when it's at its best, it is absolutely class. And that should be celebrated. Regardless of if you think the game is in terms of decline, if you think there's un- unfair advantages, if you think there's no advantages, the game itself, when it's like this, is brilliant. And th- that is an incredibly positive thing and that should be celebrated. It's also, sorry, it's just an, it's, it's an important point that we make that point on a day like this. Like it was 116 each. It's not the most high scoring um, like the only bet I had was that the under came true actually that that actually worked but like it wasn't always just about the scoring or the attacking play it was just it was the it was the vibe and the intensity and the kind of defending as well as the attacking that kind of made it all a really good game there was also like some of the worst of what football is which is some which can be which is just like there's too many men behind the ball I don't know what to do um, I have to pass it around sideways there was two or three times that happened that it resulted in exactly what's supposed to happen which was there was one point where Kerry had a goal chance where they must have had 20 or 30 passes in the first half where they just waited patiently and tried to figure something out and then did it and even that was exciting yeah even yeah. the worst of it yeah. was brilliant that was the kind of game it was like you know yeah and like the, the, I actually don't have a huge issue with that kind of recycling possession as long as it's like it's towards a goal like the goal isn't just to recycle possession yeah, there's there's something yeah. at the end of that and that's we've criticised other teams for not doing that but it's they're like it's very clear what they're trying to orchestrate and to me, for me that's enough before we get into the game did Kerry leave this behind them lads yeah yeah they neither kept the ball nor went for an extra score yes. to win it to yeah. fully win it like they were a point up they were keeping the ball then David Moran went to make a burst if he had just kept kept keeping the ball they'd still have the ball well they could have obviously given it away later on but do you know it was they, they had been there that it was a pass on if they'd fully gone from it from that get go they could have moved the ball up a little bit quicker and gotten the win and score uh, you know, so when I say winning scores in a sec to go two yeah. points up, so at that stage, but look, that's that is really nitpicking. That's like this. That's only picking out one incident from a game that's seventy-seven minutes. I think it's a fair, it's a fair example of what the last five minutes or the last six minutes of the game was. I think they got that score to go up and really did stop playing. There was one. I think maybe once they should have got a free in under the Hogan stand. Oh, was on the sideline. That looked. Yeah, well, I mean, I haven't seen a replay. Jonathan, looked at Stonewall. It was Jonathan it was Lane, wasn't it? It was a free, and at the, it was at the exact point where Goff had just swallowed his whistle. He wasn't going to give a free for anything, and eventually he had to give it for that one at the end because it was a close line around the net. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> at least the yellow card and it wasn't, you know. Um, so Goff had just decided, like, again, as you know, Gary said here in the office, like, you know, if that's any other point in the game, it's a free. It's a straightforward yeah. free. The ref doesn't think twice about it. But for some reason, in injury time, 
you can't give it. You know, like Kerry weren't it wasn't a scoring chance, but they just would have kept the ball and would have just made things easier for the next minute or two. Again, that's that's level at that stage. You know, like Dublin hadn't got the equaliser or had already scored the equaliser. But I think that Kerry just didn't go for it. They didn't. They kind of I think just went very very conservative very quickly, even if that's a subconscious thing. And you have to be honest and say that when you're going conservative while leading by a point or drawing you know Dublin are going to score yeah. Dublin are always going to get one more point they're not going to leave the five in a row behind them that much and it's really disappointing because they're playing against 14 men they're not going to be doing that in two weeks all the, the conversation I've heard so far after the match was Kerry know now Kerry know they can live with Dublin and it's like yeah but Kerry might not be able to live with them next time you know? I'll give you a point I was just keeping track of the, one of the things we talked about last week in the podcast about getting inside the opposition 45 yeah. Kerry got a point to go uh, to go ahead so Spillane scores a point put them ahead between that and the end of the match and like when was that point scored it was on his left coming on the, yeah, on the, on the it was loop, near yeah. enough the end of the game uh, Kerry went inside the Dublin 45 once now I might have missed one but say even that at that twice say. Dublin were inside the Kerry 45 once twice three four five six seven eight wow. times like that shows you just how Kerry were, had all the momentum before that. There were, you know, Walsh was on fire, Spillane was on fire, Ginny was still well in the game, he was setting up chances. And then they went a point ahead and then they just eased off. Just kept... Now, you could again forgive them for it because time was up. <laughs> but at the same time, if time was... Like, if that was 10 minutes earlier, they would have just kept their foot and yeah. dug his throat and put on some more scores I know you're trying to get in for the last five minutes Morris I will let you talk but I do think you also have to turn that around and give a bit of credit to Dublin because they actually knew how to slow they know how to do to kill the game uh, they're the boogeymen yeah. <laughs> Paddy Small they hand know, up to they know how to, to to have that like right okay we, they know how long three minutes is say when they needed to get the, the score in three minutes whereas I think everybody else is like we're injury time we have to do that we're kicking the ball long and everything Dublin say it's so calm did you they see that so in, in in Crow Park not really there was a minute left in injury time when Dublin won the ball back when Kerry got touched yeah out, yeah and the, the so everything slowed down yeah, 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 yeah. Dublin won the ball back they're going on this counter attack and all of a sudden Paddy Small just put his arm up I didn't and notice that no. dead in the no. middle of the field yeah. as if he was calling a mark you know that's yeah, what yeah. they do with the arm just to like let's run down the, it was like basketball let's run down the Managers, clock here. Yeah. let's make sure yeah. we get the score when there's no time left on the clock for them to go back it up the field and, and then they won the free for the final shot to play out the shot clock, it's it's whole. It's saying right, we're gonna we're gonna do nothing here, so that the last thing we do is a shot for goal, and that the other team can't come back up. It's a remarkable piece. Um, I'd actually forgotten that when I was making the point. Yeah. But a remarkable presence of mind, you know. And what did they do? They had a shot to win the game. But that, like, I, I just on that, right? That's again, that sounds like people will look at that and say that's that's a basic thing to do. But it's not basic. Like Kerry didn't do it against Donegal this year. There's a lot of times where teams in, under that pressure in that sort of atmosphere with a man down fail to do that and Dublin always managed to do that like they're they're so irritatingly brilliant <laughs> at, at doing that can I make a counterpoint on whether or not Kerry left them this behind them like from a Kerry perspective if you were to give some sort of cause for optimism they didn't play to their best in, in, as, a, as a unit David Clifford has a higher ceiling Paul Ganey left about 2-2 behind him within I'd say 10 minutes in the first half like there there is room for is huge huge room for improvement in what Kerry have done and add on top of that the fact that you now know that Jack Barry is a live option and a match for Brian Fenton I mean he's done it it's, it's, this is twice uh, three occasions now yeah. a league final and an all Ireland final and uh, the league game in February in Tralee like he, he's demonstrated that he has that capability in him you've got 
the, like these young guns that we weren't sure about the pressure of an Ireland final that's all gone like Sean O'Shea isn't going to be nervous going back out for another Ireland final he'll relish that after a performance like that Thomas Sullivan will I think relish going up against Conor Callaghan again like the, the, there's I think there's whatever about Dublin and obviously they have a ceiling beyond what we saw today because the fact that they have another man for that game but Kerry also have a higher ceiling as well I think that like the, there's something in that for, for them in terms of if you were trying to if you're trying to latch on to something from a, from a Kerry perspective I do think though that you have to be you know maybe maybe Kerry weren't at their best but I have to really think about what Dublin are going to do the next day because I'm just looking at like Dublin had four scores today two in the second half and one of them is a wing back you know like Jack McCaffrey had one three and the rest of the team had six points from play you know so there was they, they scored one nine from play and Rock got three of them did he Rock got ten Rock points got, Rock got three points uh, Mannion got two but very early on in the game and Kong got a point in the first half and that was all four scores and I think if you look at their forward line and you think Howard doesn't really offer them a score you know McCaffrey's not going to get one three every week like you know um, no matter no, no matter how good he is like, Dr. You know, Jack and they don't they don't really have any other scorers in the back line either you know um, Brian Fenton would usually chip in with something but other than that you know Howard Kilkenny and Scully aren't scorers I think Dublin really have to look you know even even looking at their bench today they left out um, they left out Brogan they left out O'Gara you're looking at Paddy Andrews didn't come on um, Jimmy Connolly kicked wide very late uh, Cormac Costello and, and, and Dermot Connolly came on both kicked the wide even though I let's have a conversation about Costello's score I think that's a point every day of the week it just Hawkeye screwed him uh, like <laughs> I think the rule is wrong that's, it's a point if it hits the post and goes over, but because it has to hit the full yeah, post, yeah. you know, it, it, it is a point. It should like the umpires gave it as a point. It was more, it was over the bar, but Hawkeye decided it wasn't, which is kind of like what happened in the hurling final and semi final to, to Brian Hogan. You know, I just think it's unfair. But um, I think Dublin have to look at having another scoring forward. I do. I, I just think that they there isn't enough. Um, Dean Rock isn't the type of player to always hit three points from play. You know, Jack McCaffrey isn't always going to hit one three, so you're relying on Mannion and Con. And I think that there's, uh, I think there's room for a Costello or a Connolly in there. It's really funny you say that. Like I, I listened to a, a, a different podcast on Friday, and somebody what? suggested dropping. Somebody suggested dropping uh, one of Dublin's ha- hardworking wing forwards, and he was laughed at. Um, and I think that might have been a live up. Live, live, oh, was that our podcast? <laughs> oh, sorry. I, uh, I, I said that Niall Scully wouldn't be dropped. I, th- I, I thought. Um, sorry, I thought that was a different podcast. That was I th- that was a great idea. <laughs> anyway, regardless, that's what you <laughs> uh, Go back to the, we'll go back to the first half. We'll move on to. We will talk about uh, Goff and we'll, we'll talk, talk about, about Tommy Walsh. Well. And we'll talk. Well, we can't talk about everything. But <laughs> well, we have to talk about McCaffrey because McCaffrey is a player and arguably the greatest team of all time. That looks like he's in a different class to the rest of the team. Like, there was a point in the second half where they looked to be all looking around going, like, what the hell's going on here? And McCaffrey's just shouting, you go here. Like, he was just running. He was literally, he was getting the ball, point, giving it off, pointing to someone else to go there, going on to get the ball back. It was like he just took the whole team on his back and just went, here, I'm going to... I he, Sorry. He just also, he got a goal, his first three scores today. He got four scores in the end, but three scores. Goal with his right foot. Fisted point. Point on his left. Fisted point, then point on his left. He did all three. Thank someone tweeted us saying, all you need to do is score a header to get the full <laughs> cabinet. I called Jack McCaffrey the best player of all time on this podcast earlier on in the year. Quite, quite glibly, I would say. I just sort of threw it out there as a question to see, was he? I'm sorry. Like, every, every week I think more and more that he might be, you know? Dr. Jack, he's... 
one thing that I love about watching a player like him is he is mad for road. Regardless if it's sprinting down the tunnel at half time, if it's, <laughs> <See that? laughs> if it's sprinting down the tunnel. Oh, yeah, it was him, wasn't it? I didn't see it him telling And then it went. So I thought when like, I saw the clip, I was like, right, well, McCaffrey's clearly gone sprinting there to get on the break from the kick out. But then, the ca- because the camera, he runs off the ca- shot, out of the shot, if that makes sense. So it's like he's slowed down, obviously, once he's left the shot. But then the shot goes back to, the, it goes to a different camera angle. And McCaffrey is still running as fast down the tunnel. Oh, he's, he's only got one. Do you know what happened there? I was in the ground and there was people beside me thinking that there was a, they thought that somehow people had gotten out before him and there was a row in the tunnel and he was running <laughs> down to, to get involved. That, it was like, why is he going so quickly? <laughs> was he just busting for the jacks? I, I was just going to say that, you know, there's like, those restaurants. That's understandable too. There's still only so many cubicles <laughs> There's two or three lads who always go in there and fix their hair or something. Like that, you know? <laughs> <laughs> to get in there quick. The penalty was a penalty, yeah. Oh well, I think it was. Mark thinks it was. You think it was. So don't be listening to our national broadcast. Wait, now it wasn't. It was that the hype and the propaganda about David Goff got to him, and for because of that, he had no uh, bottle and decided to give the penalty. Was that not what the conclusion was reached? Yeah, I think so, yeah, something like that. Yeah, by one person, uh, Dublin Joe, uh, the I, new Dublin Joe. I know, why, I know why you think this is an important thing to talk about, and I appreciate that this is our national broadcaster and it's a talking point whether I want it to be or not. But at the same time, I, the, 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 the end goal of 99% of that output is attention. That it is like make no mistake like the the Mayo calling a couple of weeks ago like the, the, this this stuff is there is clearly something desire there's a desired effect here there, there there absolutely is a desired effect here and I think that we shouldn't pander to that like I, I, and especially after like uh, just let me say this and then you can count your point uh, after a game like that which was so brilliant and so many things we can celebrate like Dr. Jack or Sean O'Shea or we haven't even talked about Tommy Walsh and the impact he had when he came off the bench and that kind of stuff I think that that is the stuff that should be celebrated and highlighted today and that other stuff should be left where it belongs which is ignored and talked in fringe places or in pubs that, that's my stance on it Fair enough. I understand your stance. I still think that it's. I think it's. I think it's. It's worthy of discussion and not necessarily here. That I think that that was pantomime. And oh, I, I agree with all of that. I don't necessarily. I, I. I have a problem with people saying things that they don't necessarily believe on television, and I've always had a problem with it going back years. But anyway, look, and that goes to people like I miss Eamon Dunphy on television. I really do. I think the RT panel is as boring as <laughs> it could possibly be at the moment. But sometimes like it would anger me when he would go off on campaigns that I know he doesn't believe, you know? And I think that's what's happening at the moment. I think that's where the discussion that's it. Let's talk about it again. Let's go back to the penalty decision. Because I call penalty live like remember it was like that's a penalty, isn't it? Like that was the kind of that was the conversation we were having in the office here, Mark. Uh so I do agree it was a penalty, but I was very surprised it was given. Yeah. You know? yeah. And I don't think it was as clear as Keegan on Murphy in the Mayo Donegal game. I don't think it was as That's, obvious as that. But I thought it was a little bit less in it. And I also thought that by the time the ball came in, I think it was easy enough for the referee to leave it alone because I actually think Cluxton would have won it anyway. I think Cluxton, of the three people involved, would have been the man to win the ball. So I don't think it... But it was a foul. Yeah, Cooper absolutely failed him, and I'm glad that the referee gave a penalty. I think it's a good sign that a referee is seeing those kind of decisions. I'm just surprised it was given. Yeah, as we to say, I thought that was a penalty, albeit like you know, it's it's borderline. Like it was just about a penalty, but I also thought Keegan's was a penalty, and everybody seemed to say that wasn't a penalty, including like people that were Donegal people or whatever, or like oh, that was easy, hard, an easy one. So you see them giving 
Kieran Donahue, whoever it was, was on Sky Ethan saying, like, geez, if I got one of them now, to be fair, he probably should have had a load more because yeah. he was always manhandled. It was yeah. just because he was a big lad, he'd never forget fouls given to get for him. But that leads us on to the red card. And in talking about the red card, I think it, it, I think it was an obvious red card. I don't think we need to get into that side of the debate. But can I make a, this thing about that? Why did Jim Gavin leave? Johnny Cooper on him like is it is it that outrageous that the Dublin senior manager expects a player who's been who has played under Goff this year against Cork by the way and knows that he has a tendency to be really really sticky on that kind of stuff that's his like we all know that that's the stuff that he pulls up on is it that much for the Dublin manager for a 5 no chasing tide to expect his cornerback to not be so naive to do that like what, like, is it that much of a outrageous explanation to expect him to just stand him up don't pull out his arm don't be constantly pulling out his jersey like stop playing that game because it's going to get you sent off like is it that outrageous to, to, to expect him to be able to change like change the way you mark like not change the way you play the game but just stop marking fouling him as you're playing like you know you know how he's going to referee the game you have to know that because he's done it throughout his career he's been consistent on that so why like I, I think the blame firmly lies with Cooper there rather than Jim Gavin. G- yeah. Jim, Jim Gavin should be allowed to expect his players to not be so naive, surely. Plus, there's also matchups that they have that other players are going to end up in trouble with. You know, like who are you going to take? Who are we going to move on to? Like the yeah, the other people penciled in to do jobs and other players, and we're doing them quite well. And like, to be fair, like albeit you know it was Bardi, I was to give away a few fouls. Um, Cooper was doing a good job on Clifford. Like Clifford wasn't getting into the game, and whatever. Like the first yellow card, I thought was unlucky. That's just like someone really anxious to get at the ball, and he's just do that. But then the second one, like there's the fabled like the arse is not in the GA rule book, but it's a, <laughs> yeah, but that's a physicality thing. Like you know, it's in you the get, ether. Yeah. Like you, you throw your arse into a lad. <laughs> You get away with it. But, it's, but you can't grab a man's arm and jump onto the ground. I think that's what makes Goff a good referee because ultimately, what's the difference? Like you're saying, like ultimately, shoulder is the only real physical contact that you're allowed. But everybody knows that you're, you know, you have to be able to tussle in some yeah, way. Like, yeah. You know, and if you take even like what the Keegan Murphy thing, you know, like there's like maybe a little bit of a hold of the jersey or something like that just to keep somebody close as you go in or whatever. I think what made that an obvious penalty and what made Cooper thing is that once you bring the arm into it and you stop somebody's ability to actually take the ball physically, you're not just holding them back or you're not just getting them out of the way. And what Clifford did was just use his own body to make space for himself. Like he's not, he's, not, he's only using himself to impede Cooper there. He's not actually stopping any part of Cooper's body you know, by holding it back. And I do think that's where, I think there's a really clear and obvious line there. And that's the way Goff referees. And I think that's what makes him a really good referee. Exactly. Yeah. The yeah. thing with the arm is actually, to be fair, is it's, when you say you can't do that, you get away with that all the time. I know. Like it's an actual tactic that you're like, but if a person's on the ball, when they go to hand pass it, grab the arm that they're hand passing the ball yeah. with because they're either going to drop the ball or they're going to get a free against them for throwing the ball because it's never blown up. And I completely agree with you, but you shouldn't, yeah, you should. I'm not saying that obviously you should be allowed. Yeah, you shouldn't, no, but also it shouldn't give you, just because you're allowed do it sometimes you shouldn't be allowed yeah exactly well yeah. it's not even a free no it is a free. no i'm just yeah <laughs> just saying that that's where i come up yeah anyway we're dwelling too long on uh i know it shaped the game probably and it has to be discussed whether it's right or wrong but this is you yeah, know so like I said, there's so much more to talk Simon about did a good job on clifford though when he had to go on to him which was something that i think we were all a little bit worried about as to whether that would suit you know and i thought that clifford didn't necessarily come more into the game or anything like that and like the one score that he did get in the second half like was Fitzsimmons actually did really well in him it was just a class act that you can't keep him quiet for 70 minutes I'm so glad you brought up that because 
everybody this week will be dominated by talk about rightly now like don't get me wrong like the the Sean O'Shea's of, of this world and the opponents they had but good cornerback play was widespread this weekend like what what Thomas Sullivan did the two fouls or, like and it's ropey yeah like it's could have been sent off I, I'd have to see it back I don't, I don't think so. they only got ticked for the second one it was like Cooper's but he just didn't it was almost what Cooper could have done to not get yeah, sent off yeah, so he I get committed you. the foul yeah. without actually pulling him down or do, do, I don't know if Cooper was trying to actually make it look like he was being fouled by diving onto the jumping onto the ground. I don't know. But, but, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but let's talk about Kieran Whelan. No, <laughs> um, <laughs> he's just biased. Uh, I, like Thomas Odom for me is in the running for a Player of the Year, given the performance this season. Like uh, the, there was this weird narrative that oh well, every single player he's marked has been away for goal, so he couldn't be put on con. Now my argument last weekend was that he can actually put players on a back foot and if he could gravitate out towards something like um, Kilkenny or Mannion he could actually do that up the other end. But he absolutely can make a player close to goal. Like that's what he did to James Carr and he cleaned him and that's what he did when Jamie Brennan went inside for Donegal. So he's he's demonstrated that ability. He, like, and he, He's just, you know the long ball in that he like uh, died but basically fist first like he's like in a sense it, it, a lot of teams cornerback do that and you're like he's a bit naive like he's a bit head the ball I'm going to go for this 100% but he actually judges the moment to do that quite well and Fitzsimons is, is a bit more measured about him and maybe doesn't have quite the same amount of pace but I thought the two of them actually were really impressive today the thing that Simon's all year as well like yeah. Dublin like when you look at the worst defensive display say Dublin had all year probably against Cork and he was still really good. He had he kept Hurley out of the game, and he was. So you're looking at Cork had a really good attack and display that day, but their main attacker was kept quiet from Vitaminus. He was a standout. And Davy Byrne, like we talked about him on yeah. Friday as well. And he kept, like I mean, we were like uh, absolutely lauding him for that. The, the, when he was wrongly given a 45 uh, against them when he tackled Ganey out on the sideline. That was some of the best. Because Ganey had done brilliantly to get the ball in the first place and had done two or three really nice things. And it was just really good football, the two of them against each other. It was just brilliant defender. He actually got, he slapped the ball out of his hand twice in the same move and never fouled him. You know? During the game at one point, I just exclaimed. I think he just showed up on camera or something. I was like, fair play to Davey Vaughan. <laughs> <laughs> what? Why? And I was just like, no, I said like, everyone just assumed that when we got to the knockout stage, got into the, Thick of it come the end of the championship be back in, yeah. that Davy Bourne would be out of the team yeah. he was the one he was the only non-superstar nearly at this stage that was in that Dublin team I know he's I got Owen Morgan <laughs> he's got Philly McMahon and everyone on the bench nope Davy Bourne's still tipping away I know I make this point all the time after going to games but it's I, again I just couldn't I was walking on the court park thinking again I there is I would not wish on my worst enemy the job of marking the standard of forwards in the game right now like there was a one stage David Clifford's David Clifford's movement is is actually it's weird like I've never seen a player move the way he does he, like he's kind of economical in his movement but he's also maybe it's just that he's like he's that more intelligent than even I am when I'm watching it but like he uses contact with other players to propel himself free do you know what I mean like say if he's tussling with John Cooper He'll step into Cooper to propel himself away again and get that yard of space without, like, it doesn't take him to do a 10 yard burst or even a pace over two yards. He just kind of, like, I don't it's know like what it's it is. It's a push rather than a pull. It's, like, so he's trying to, like, it's like he, like he, he's playing bumper cars and understands yeah. the space in and around him as he's doing it. Like, it's, it's just really weird to, to see. But anyway, I don't know how you stop him I, like the, when he's doing that. Same thing when I watched McShane and Morley was trying to do him or even McNamee when he tried to mark Clifford. Like, they're, all these are ex- expert defenders and they deserve praise for the jobs they did in all those cases. Especially but. with Goff as ref- that's refereeing yeah. because mm-hmm. he, you, you can't get away with pulling a man and holding a man 
off the ball before the ball comes in you have to be legitimate you have to go <laughs> legit as the mobsters would say be interesting who gets in the next game um, ref wise like, but uh, I know you want to talk about Walsh and the Kerry bench but I just have one more thing to say about the players that were starting did Paul Ganey have the weirdest game in an All-Ireland final Peaks and Valleys yeah he didn't score because I, what I even have written down beside his name and this is a probably only half was he had a shot saved on the goal line by James McCarthy that he probably should have scored then he missed the penalty he had a point pulled back by Hawkeye that looked like he'd absolutely curled it in from nowhere and just, just missed it he had a yellow card he had uh, that tussle that we mentioned with David Byrne um, he had another wide in the second half like it was just he seemed like incredibly involved but didn't score and just was <laughs> like to even miss the, that shot followed by the penalty alone just made it just weird I suppose you know because he's been he's actually been kind of deadly all season like he's been putting the chances away um, we're going to talk about Tommy Walsh in a second can we talk about just trying to drop us in quickly on the theme of crack and uh, our celebratory podcast here uh, we all love the Peter Keenisms of the year. He's he come up started the. You didn't see this because you were on the way back no. up. He started his post match RTE interview with the word Yera. Well, like Broly gave up again, not to bring it back to him, but Broly kind of almost gave up and just laughed when he goes, he, he, and like kind of almost giggled, saying he started with Yera. <laughs> and even Joanne broke out laughing and she goes, he did, he actually said Yera. <laughs> Go on. You think that's good? Uh, Brian Barry from Sky Sports has just tweeted this out this is what Peter Keane had to say after this game did we think we had a chance coming here today sure of course if you have two dogs in any race one of the dogs might get a heart attack and the other one could walk home you have a chance every time you're out there he said on RT it was uh, what did he say it was like, sure Jesus we weren't going to bring we had 13 Kerry thousand or 13 12 or 13 thousand Kerry people come up here today we weren't going to bother coming up sure if we didn't give you the chance <laughs> he, uh, he also said that Dublin didn't get their four, their four alerts in a row out of a lucky bag <laughs> he, said, he said it twice in two minutes <laughs> Tommy Walsh lads Tommy Walsh Tommy Walsh is class Killian Splan is like also class did you ever see the? F- did, you ever, did you watch Westworld no, no. you don't watch TV uh, Westworld <laughs> the, de- sport. the design the desi- design uh, people like they're like you know they look completely human but they're they're robots they're actual robots you can design them whatever way you want so I think that in Kerry what age is Tommy Walsh 31? 31. What age is Spillane? Oh, uh, 21, I think. I don't think he really is. I think they designed these two people. Like, they, they had Tommy Walsh, and then they went, let's just make Tommy Walsh, but a slightly smaller version of him, and a bit faster. <laughs> and that's Killian Spillane. They look the exact same. They came on yeah. and had the exact same game. They did it, like, you wouldn't know which one was which. They're just, <laughs> it is literally, he's mini-me, to Dr. Evil. <laughs> when Walsh won the ball to set up Spillane for the goal, I went, oh, yes, Spillane. And then the ball went and I went, wait, that's Spillane. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but Killian Spillane's goal as well. I think if you're coming in at that pace across the face of goal, it's such a difficult skill to put the ball back the way you're running or sort of where you've run from. Like... Every time you if you, you see people try to do that and the ball will slice off your boot yeah, and it'll end up going yeah. straight at the goalkeeper. Yeah. The amount of times the ball that a goalkeeper saves a shot that's straight at him, it's because someone's trying to put the ball back across where they've just ran to. So the simplest thing if you're teaching anyone or coaching anyone is kick it in the direction you're going, put it into the far corner. He went back and nailed it right in that far corner or in the near corner. I'm sick of you hijacking my Tommy Walsh conversations <laughs> with talk about other players. Um, on Friday, 
myself and Mick had a debate about whether or not Tommy Walsh should start. Uh, I think you probably won the debate, even though they didn't win the game. But it actually worked out pretty well. I, like There was enough... Uh, the whole, my whole argument about starting Tommy, Tommy Walsh is that he would introduce a degree of chaos that was needed for Dublin to lose a game. And there was enough kind of chaos already for him to come in and enhance that. Do you know what I mean? He, like that's what, that's what happened when he came in. And maybe that wouldn't have happened if Dublin were as controlled as they usually are from, from the start. So I, I, I actually think that Kerry's management probably I got that one right. proven, to be honest. I think that I, I'm almost going against myself now or whatever. I think that he made such a difference that you can't honestly say that that wouldn't have, made a, that wouldn't have been better for Kerry for him to be on for 70 minutes. Maybe, yeah. I don't yeah. know if he has it in his legs. I don't think he's played enough football. Yeah, you know, yeah. I, I really, I think it's a big risk, you know. And look, we'll talk about it coming up to the replay. We've got loads of time to talk about that. But ultimately, he, like, he is, big, and it's great to see because we thought we had a conversation about him about a month ago in the office, where we're like, God, he's still on the panel, isn't he? You know, it was, it was, it was actually quite a sad chat. It was like, geez, it was, this guy had so much potential, and he's he's young enough he should still be a part of it and he's just gone he's not he's not a factor anymore and he's gone from that to being this key key element of what Kerry are going to do in an all Ireland final replay and now because it's going to be the third time we know it for a fact going into it and the fact that it is there's still a it's still a debate whether or not he should start is surely a strength for Kerry like it means like you've got this the, I think the last thing you want when you're going into a game against Dublin is to be predictable that they could know who they're going to match up against or how they're going to start and the fact that they were able to I think we all would have known that Jack Barry was going to start anyway maybe not necessarily with Adrian Spillane which was an interesting call but the fact that there's still a question mark over will like will Tommy Walsh start for, for the replay is, is, is probably a good thing like it's that it gives them something to hold back or something to spring on them in the five minutes before throwing it's also the best worst kept secret of the championship like you're thinking you're looking into the World Cup now and we're all asking ourselves after these uh, warm-up games, has Joe Schmidt got, you know, is there something that he's holding in reserve to just spring on teams come the World Cup? Everybody knew from the start of the championship that Tommy Walsh was being held in reserve and was going to be this secret weapon that Dub- uh, Kerry were going to unleash to try and win the All-Ireland. We all, everyone knew, Dublin knew, everyone knew, but there's nothing anyone can do about it. He comes home and just runs, does what he wants. <laughs> I didn't know I just admitted there a minute ago but anyway <laughs> maybe it was only me so we have a replay um, we didn't even get to talk about the minor game which was also oh, like match. absolutely bonkers Can I, just one thing I'll, I'll finally on the last game uh, on the sorry the senior game was was Michael Darren McCauley Mark and Stephen O'Brien like, I was trying to figure out who was on him and every time I looked so Stephen O'Brien was marking somebody else when Double had the ball but anytime I looked when, uh, when uh, McCauley was on the field he seemed to be tracking O'Brien. And when he went off, O'Brien really came into the game. Now, Paddy Small also really came in, did really well up the other end, more than probably Michael Dara did. But it seemed that it was O'Brien, he was tagging O'Brien, which is a really weird matchup and worked actually well, I think, for Dublin if it was. Here's, um, here's the thing. I don't know. Be- <laughs> because generally, when you go to games like this, well, at least when I go to games like this, I, you can box it off in your head. Like, you see, defenders know... It's just they have been told this is who you're tagging and you see them jog over towards them at the very start. So you can see that matchup just the minute before throw and you see this stuff and it, it all becomes clear. And then as the game develops, you see who's tagging who or if somebody swaps, right? That's, that's normal. From the start of this game, Gavin White ran over 
didn't stand beside Jack McCaffrey weirdly, but didn't stand, kind of stood beside nobody, like stood kind of in no man's land. Um, Jack McCaffrey also didn't go anywhere near him, which seemed to be a weird thing. But the first five minutes, Jack McCaffrey was following David Moran around the place. He ended up going in to fullback beside David Clifford for the first ball that Clifford got in and uh, the wide he kicked. The Jack McCaffrey was marking him from that ball. On the other side, Thomas Sullivan, the first player Thomas Sullivan ran to was Brian Howard. It wasn't to Conor Callahan. And I was like, but that's the one actually matchup that I didn't wouldn't have predicted. Mm. And then for the rest of the game, he went back into... It was after a while because we, we were watching it, trying to figure it out. And I said he was on Howard. That was after about 10, 15 minutes. And then next time we saw him, he was on Con, And we were like, okay, that makes a little bit more sense. Maybe I had it wrong. And then you said it when you got here that... Um, he was. He was still ran over beside him. It was yeah, weird. Yeah, sort of a bit fluid, you know. And so, like the the ones that were definite were like Fitzsimons was clearly you're going to Ganey at this very start. That was uh, that was built in. So he ran straight over to him. Johnny Cooper made the beeline for for David Clifford, as we actually said he would on Friday. That he he went straight to to, to Clifford, stood him beside him. Tyg Morley, like so because Kerry were kind of lined up first. Tyg Morley was standing in and then switched over and stood beside Mannion, but then it was clear that you no, know, Jason Foley you come back so Foley was on like when Foley stood down he was beside Dean Rock now as Mick said it became kind of fluid from thereafter the only player like what Paul Murphy was doing like there's you know there's certain things about shape that you can only really see at a game like and the so you, you have the camera behind uh, from the hill looking straight down I'd love a camera from the other side the side that I was looking down on because but Paul Murphy is is bossing kind of everyone I remember you talking about Kevin and about um, was it Raymond Gallagher coming off his line yeah. and yeah yeah. so Paul Murphy is doing that with other defenders like he's not he's he's holding the centre calling other players who's picking up who's squeezing so he's standing there kind of pointing moving that way and then as the play drifts he'll drift alongside Backett like on the other side of the ball say he's tracking the ball whereas Scully seems to be tracking zones like Scully dropped off was standing in front of Sean O'Shea but then Sean O'Shea might break left or right particularly in the first half and Scully wasn't following him he wasn't trying to cover that space like he was this is stuff that will become much more apparent as as I get a chance to watch the game back and as we kind of look forward to to, to, the, to the replay. This, will, this stuff will become more apparent when Morris explains it all to us. <laughs> <laughs> we have to talk about the minor game, but I just want to talk like, not really even a man of the match conversation. I think there's a, there's a Jack McCaffrey I think is going to win man of the match. I think Sean O'Shea is his next kind of, mm-hmm. uh, the next competitor after that. Is I David Moore in that conversation? I, possibly. I thought David Moore had a really good kind of last, 25 minutes the second half and he was kind of always involved he was really good I think Stephen Cluxton is in the conversation yeah I'd agree yeah. I think you really yeah. have to look at what Cluxton did today he made that brilliant save um, when the ball hit the crossbar I can't remember who shot that now that was Paul Murphy wasn't it um, Ganey yeah no, oh, no it was Murphy sorry it was Murphy yeah Paul Murphy that, that yeah. hit the crossbar which, we, which you well which we can book together we predicted we said that as a sweeper he could the, the aim for Morris plan he needed to have an impact on both sides of the ball and that's exactly what he did in that scenario he saved it whether he was off his line or not he saved the penalty really really he was off his line but he saved it, even him being able to do that just brilliant goalkeeper but he also commanded the 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 um, box really well he was brilliant the clearance punch ball. yeah it was a great yeah. punch actually at one stage where he hit it out under the Hogan stand but he knew exactly where he was hitting it he knew who was going to be running onto it and all he just had a really good command and his kickouts as always were not on flawless like there was a few um, not the they were really good like, Kerry he went long and they were really good Kerry actually won three kickouts I think in a row in the first half of Dublin's kickouts someone went long every time and Kerry won them um, but they were all kind of like do you know who's, who's, the fault, who's the fault there the goalkeeper or 
Dublin letting David Moran catch one from 55 yards up in the air. Yeah. That was, oh, they're also safe as well. There was one that, I thought that was a really yeah. bad one which Moran caught over the head of everybody and Mark, you even pointed out at the time there was actually the only people around him were four Kerry lads. That's a bad kick out. I'd say that's probably the only one. But anyway, I just think that Stephen Cluxton more, like, it seems to be better than ever and it's actually it's remarkable at this stage and it's not just kickouts. That's the most important thing with Cluxton. He's, he's got a command of the goal that's as good, if not better, than any other goalkeeper out there. And just to know, like Sean O'Shea again, he's going to be in the conversation. They'll talk about him tonight in the Sunday game, I'm sure. But for a 20-year-old to go out and have in his first All-Ireland final, you know, when he's always a little bit kind of like, a little bit under the radar because of Clifford and all, and understandably so, for him to go out and have an All-Ireland final like that, in his first All-Ireland final, I just think it's a class thing. And I just think it's something he should be really proud of. You know, I know these boys don't think of things that way, but he was... We should. Wasn't he? <laughs> yeah. he, was just, he did everything right. He didn't miss a free. He kicked three forty fives, like, you know, and none of them looked like they were going anywhere but over the bar, you know. Another two or three long frees, and then everything he did from play as well, three points from play. We'll get into this properly when we do our, our preview of the next thing, but just just to clarify what I meant by how, how clever Kerry were with their approach to Clostons kickouts, those ones you're talking about, he had to go along. Like, by going short... Dublin were going to get turned over. That was the the point was yeah. that Kerry were primed to turn them over in in, in once they started to and we've talked about that. Like that's the, the, the a kick out needs to be to giving yourself the best chance of using that possession to get a score. Like that's the end. The end goal is the most important thing. And so then, he had to go long. So it's not like that's what Kerry did. Kerry forced him. Kerry said you can you can we've given you the short option. You can do that. And then they said once he goes long, they'll overload that side. So Moran comes up. Contest was really, really well in the air, but at the same time, he's got Spillan standing underneath them. Like the, the that, that was Kerry. It's, it's like a game of chess. Like that was Kerry forcing him into down this tunnel, and it was up to like it's not just up to Cluxton to react. To that. It's up to the players out the field to to react to that and, and recognize that we can't go short again here. Uh, and two points that I want to make have all blended into the one here because I wanted you mentioned them earlier on. Just when talking about players who had a really good game, Brian Howard, I thought was class. He was. But that middle third of Dublin, like outside Jack McCaffrey, he was definitely I think the he was the top two of the middle eight. Um and what Kerry did was brilliant, but you run the risk of happening it was exactly what happened with the goal where Cluxon had to go long. Howard realised I'm gonna to have to stand up here and win a, a mark or two. Yeah. Well, an unbelievable mark. Moved the ball on super super fast. McCaffrey buries it in the back of the net because uh, Kerry are completely outnumbered. That was yeah. That so was that when they pushed you, up. Actually, yeah, yeah that shows yeah. you the problem the issue you have if you try and force Dublin long and win it around that middle third. Um, but that was that's all I have to say on that. As a whole, it was a thoroughly enjoyable game of football. Um, the minor game was the perfect curtain raiser. Actually, like <laughs> the, 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 the the minor game was yeah. The the minor game was like you know that game where even the, you, there's people in the ground who like couldn't give a shit. Like they're kind of, they're not really there to watch the the minor game. It's it's, 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 it's very, very obvious. Like they're, yeah, we're kind of chatting. Like even they start going, hey, "What's going on here?" Like <laughs> like, the, like there was kind of this moment of like I don't know, like confusion where Galway scored the goal, and then as you can still hear celebrations in the ground. Cork have gone up the other edge. Should give a recap even because it's just how like you know I, it's interesting the the people kind of suddenly paid attention to the ground. But even people like I was, I had that on and I was also I was writing something. Doing work, yeah. Uh, Johnny Hayes scored a goal for Celtic in, in, in the old firm, you know. And I'm kind of watching. I'm trying to keep an eye on it, and it looked like Cork had it, you know. And then Galway got a late goal to make it, you know. That's before the late goals. Galway got a late goal, you know. <laughs> <laughs> so then it looked like it was all right. Then um, Cunningham was bursting through, and you're thinking, 
Hit it over the bar, man. Fist it over the bar. Fist it over the bar. And he's like, what are you doing? He's gone in too far. He's not going to be able to score now. And he gets in and he buries it. You're like, oh, what a way to win in All-Ireland. Which I tweeted and Cork people are still tweeting it now on the, <laughs> on the bottom.ie account. Like as if so, so, somehow it was disrespectful to them to say that a goal... Uh, With a minute to go. In, in, in <laughs> the, at, three times, at the end of a game, yeah. Three points ahead was somehow winning in All-Ireland, you know. But uh, And then from the kick out... Literally, ball to the kick out to the midfielder, kicks it into the full forward, scores a goal. As I said, this is where Morris takes it up, but people go, "What is still hearing celebrations?" Like, yeah, it, 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 yeah, in in that moment, and now the extra like the, I actually thought it was kind of obvious towards the end of the game that Galway were out on their feet, and it became increasingly obvious as 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 the so game. Galway did it free. That was a tough free. It was not, not too unlike what Dean Rock had to win the game from a draw. Uh, yeah, Tom Tom Clan, yeah. Goal. There somehow was time for a free in, and he missed it in the same near side the way the way Rock did as well. But that was a pity. But yeah, it was kind of done then. I was. I thought he should have tried that from the ground. That's irrelevant anyway. That's, I, uh, <laughs> I was. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and also, by the way, from the late, from class. The road, <laughs> I uh, was driving up at the time. I was listening to all the radio and. Anyone who listens to this podcast over the course of the year will know that I have a serious gripe with the Take the Sensible Option Brigade. Yeah, yeah. And he scored the goal <laughs> and put the three up. And I was like, into myself with the catch, like, no, that's it. The minute I get into the office, the first thing I'm doing is writing an opinion piece saying, this is the biggest F you to the sensible option. And he's completely right. He's won the, the All-Ireland for Galway. He's after scoring. He went and goes, no, I'm going to bury this and put the game beyond all doubt. And as I'm thinking that, and Brian Carty is still eulogising over that goal. And then he just goes, another goal! <laughs> <laughs> and then he kind of went at the end, the final whistle blew. And Abel Howe was like, what a game. It was more Abel Howe reacted first because Carty was still top of that, whatever. His father was this, his mother was that. And then Howe was going like, it's a goal <laughs> and then uh, final whistle goes and I was like what a game and Brian Carr's like it was truly we had a brilliant game here today and then uh, Darren Prell and uh, Jack O'Reilly back to you go uh, well it's not over yet Brian <laughs> oh yes of course extra time <laughs> there's something clue- cool I know you know thank god today's the senior all Ireland final is going to a replay and we haven't got to the stage yet where we have to finish it all on the one day you know that we can actually respect the sanctity of an all Ireland final have another day but there is something class about the miners going to extra time and those guys getting to have that game in front of actually 82,000 people you know and there wasn't like there would have been barely a seat free yeah. by the time they finished and I know it's a pity for Galway what happened but both teams like when have we ever spoken about a minor final like this you know it was unreal and that's what the day is itself. Like the day, itself, it's a perfect way to to end this podcast and end and end the day because it was just it was just great. Don't let don't let the pundits or don't let any of that other stuff or the nonsense that'll come out over the next couple of weeks or discussions about referees' decisions spoil it. Like this was this was great and just treat it as such. And we can all move on after that. And we all look forward to a, a final here on Buzz.ie where you'll keep an eye out for. I'll do a tactics piece during the week on. I don't know. I'd have to watch the game back. Plenty of stuff. You should do another piece on your ten things. Ten things I loved about the All Ireland final. We're having an editorial meeting here on air, but let's do it. Right, F- folks. I hope you enjoyed the game and uh, this conversation as much as I did. We'll be back with you to preview the replay. In the meantime, take it easy. Yeah.